So uh, y'all haven't heard some any jokes in a while. Mr. Tommy, I'm sure, is going to love these. Um, so as the storm raged, the captain realized his ship was sinking fast. So he shouted out, anyone here know how to pray? Just one guy stepped forward and said, I, Captain, I know how to pray. Good, said the captain. You pray while the rest of us put on our life jackets. We're one short. Um, hey, that's pretty good. Uh, you've probably heard this one. This is, uh, this is an oldie but goodie. A pastor goes hiking as he comes around a corner on a trail. He comes across a giant grizzly bear. The bear lets out a growl and is about to charge when the pastor falls on his knees and prays, Lord, I pray that the bear would be a Christian. In an amazing miracle, the bear stops what he's doing, is converted instantly and stopped right where it is. It looks upward and begins to give thanks. Thank you, Father, for the meal I'm about to eat. <laughs> Another good one, right? Okay, uh, so, so now that you had two good ones, here's, here's, uh, here's two, bad, two bad puns. Um, welcome to the Church of the Holy Cabbage. Let us pray. Some groans. Some groans back there? Okay. Uh, what do you call a religious owl? A bird of prey? All right. Okay. Uh, and I'll give you one, good, uh, one more uh, good one. When I, was, uh, when I was a kid, this person said I used to pray every night for a new bike. Then I realized the Lord doesn't work that way. So I stole one and asked him to forgive me. Um, okay. All right. So anyway, uh, prayer, um, you know, prayer is something often talked about. Um, you know, it's, it's most people, even if they don't go to church, most people have good thoughts about prayer. Right. Um, we pray before and after every practice um, that uh, all the years I coach basketball. Uh, my mom would be concerned about that. And she said, son, don't you, you know, uh, be careful. And I said, well, if they're going to fire me from that, I'll find little God will give me another job. I'm not worried about that, you know. Um, and, and then we started, my last few years, we started praying after the games, uh, which I'm, I'm, I'm actually really happy to say. Um, I retired six years ago. We went to a game last Tuesday, and they still do that. Uh, they still pray with the other team if the other team wants to join them. You know, we started doing that, um, you know, and saying, you know, hey, y'all want to join us? We'll tell the coach you want to join us. We're going to get in the in the middle, and we're going to pray. And we used to try to make it every other team, you know, so you're hooking arms or holding hands with somebody for the other team. But anyway, most people think, have good thoughts about prayer. A very popular subject, often talked about. Thing is, I don't know that it is practiced as much as, it, as it's talked about. All right? Amen or oh me, right? Um, it's not always easy. Um, in fact, Ronnie Floyd, Pastor Ronnie Floyd said this, it's a lot easier to preach about prayer than to pray, All right? which is um, ironically exactly what I'm about to do, okay? uh, is preach about prayer. So um, if you look at the, you know, this, we're sermon five, we're no, number five, and we're mostly going to focus on one verse today, verse 35 in Mark chapter one. Now we will we will cover 36 to 38 at the end, but it's mostly just one verse. And so, brother, you do take a long time going through a book. But anyway, um, so uh, here's a central statement. And again, I appreciate Miss Rhonda and um, everybody who helps during the, during the service. But it's uh, pretty simple, and Mr. Lawrence would like this because it's uh, alliterative. But Christ's prayer in Mark 1, verse 35, is purposeful, private, and practice. And I think there's a, a lessons there for us as Christians uh, in that statement. So let's look in verse 35. So very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he got up, went out, and made his way to a deserted place. And there he was praying. Mark only records Jesus praying three times. 
times. Interesting. He only he only mentions uh, it only records three times here, um, following the feeding of the five thousand in six forty six, and then in chapter fourteen in Gethsemane. Um, what's interesting uh, about that is, um, as James Edwards points out, all three occur in solitary places and in context of implied or expressed opposition to his ministry. It's kind of interesting, you know, kind of Mark's point of view. Uh, and, and this will preach, you know, we, we must have, uh, you know, because he goes, James Edward also says, his oneness with the Father compels his outward mission. His oneness with the Father compels his outward mission. And, and, and this will preach, you know, we, we must have that closeness and quiet and alone times with the Heavenly Father if we truly want to be a mission for him, Right? We have to have, we, we can't give what we don't have. We can't, you know, and so um, too many times I feel like we neg neglect that. And uh, it's not practice and um, it, it's, it's not performed because it's not practice, basically. I, it makes me think of, of of coaches and, you know, and, and fans will get mad. Well, how come they're playing that Jay guy? You know, well, well, I saw Jay in practice, so I know he can play. You know, and the fans didn't see that. You know, it's like we have practice every day. I know who's good and who's not. You know, uh, it reminds me of, of uh, uh, Javaris Keel, and I, I don't know if he's, uh, if he's um, watching or not, former player of mine. He actually drives a semi-truck now, does a great job. Uh, we call it, His nickname was Tutiru. Uh, and, and when uh, Tutiru got, uh, come up from, from um, JV in uh, 2013, he had the funniest-looking shot, okay? And, and, and I would watch him in games, and I'm like, how is he making that? You know, and I wasn't real sure if he could if he could really shoot or not until one day in practice uh, we were able to have a long practice because the girls were done, and so we, we had practice, and then we had another hour and a half or so, and we, I, I told him, you, you could stay and shoot if you want to, work on individual stuff if you want to, it's your choice, and he stuck around, and we played some games together. Now, I, I'm old, but I can still stroke it now. I can still shoot a little bit, okay? And and, uh, and there's a little game that it, I knew if you could shoot with me in a particular game we called Sevens, then you can shoot. Well, he beat me as much as I beat him. And it might look funny, but he can shoot. So I knew right then I had no hesitancy in bringing him into the game and playing because I knew he could shoot. It looked funny, but he practiced it, and I knew he could perform. Uh, and so the first thing, the first point is purposeful. Purpose. Um, intentional. Okay? Um, deliberate. Okay? Not haphazard. Not random. Intentional. Uh, look at the words in that verse, and I know it's not up there again, Miss uh, Rhonda, but listen, very early in the morning, okay, which is already one there, early in the morning, while it was still dark, what did he do? Look at the action words. He got up, okay, he went out, and he made his way to a deserted place, and there he was praying. He, he got up, he went out, he made his way, all right? You see the purpose in there? You see, it's, this is not some, oh, I'm just going to pray. No, he, there, it was intentional. It was purposeful. He had to move. He had to do something, okay? Uh, it was not haphazard. It, it didn't just happen. And now, while I, sure, we can pray at all times anywhere. We know that, okay? Of course, if you're going to pray while you're driving, make sure you leave your eyes open. But, um, you know, this, this particular prayer indicates that Jesus had a plan. He had a purpose. His plan was to get to the Father. Amen? Now, now, we're going to look more about that. Boy, it's going to be a good one, Mr. Tommy. I think you'll like the one in a couple of weeks. Okay, We're going to see a bunch of friends who, who did as much as they could to get their friend to Jesus. All right? But we'll look, we'll look at that in a couple of weeks. We'll give you a little bit of a, a little appetizer there. Okay, all right? But in this here, all right, his plan, Jesus' plan was to get to the Father. And, and, and oh, man, that, that'll, that'll preach right there, right? I've been saying that a lot lately. So that'll preach. 
What an awesome plan to have. Is, is your plan to get to the Father? Is that your plan? All right. As often as possible, i got to get to God. i got to get to my Heavenly Father. Uh, you guys, you know, the Olympics are, are going on. It's just weird times, and, you know, uh, the curling is kind of cool. But anyway, um, but the Olympics going on, right? Well, the Summer Olympics, I'm sure some of y'all know the story. I think it was 1992, um, uh, Summer Olympics with Derek Redmond. Right, the athlete from, uh, I think it was the 400 meters, and, and he was from Great Britain, and, and then his, his hamstring blew out. Okay? And as he's running, and um, he, he tore his hamstring on that final lap of his race, and, but his plan was to finish the race, Brother Tommy. He wasn't going to not finish the race. And so he kept going, and then the, the, this crowd of people, um, although it had been moments after the race was over, was still cheering for him. If you've never seen that, y'all, anyone ever seen that? Y'all remember seeing that? Look it up on, on YouTube, okay? Derek Redmond, okay, the Olympics. It was, it was really, really cool because his father comes down, his, his real father, okay, comes down from the crowd, and, and the security officer said, no, 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 sir, you can't, you can't, no, sir, you can't go. He said, no, no, that's my, that's my son. Okay, you you're not gonna stop me. That's my son. And he goes out and he and he walks with him and helps carry his son, who's crying now and all the up, you know, just the emotions that must have happened as he practiced for years to get to the Olympics and had a shot to medal and he has an injury. But his plan was to finish the race. Listen, is that is that our resolve today? Our purpose today? Right, that as an old old preacher used to say, that come hell or high water, we will get to the Father. All right, that that we'll finish the race. Uh, look at the, the this verse. I know you're familiar with it. Second Timothy four seven. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Can we say that as Christians? Can we say that, brother Tommy? I'm sure we can. Look, I love what Charles Spurgeon says. Look no man in the face till thou hast seen the face of God. Speak thou with none till thou hast had speech with the Most High. Don't speak to anybody till you have time till you have spoken to the, uh, to God. Amen. Make a plan. Make a plan. If if you don't know where you're going, how how will you ever know when you get there? Right. You, you know the the Benjamin Franklin quote: If you if you pl- fail to plan, you're planning to fail. All right. We, we've heard that, but how about we as Christians talking to myself as well? We apply that to this idea of prayer. So without a plan, it won't work. I wish Coach Mitchell was here. Kirk was here because he was, you know, I know not everybody here are Gator fans, and God bless, you know, God bless. I'll pray for you if you're not, but, you know, but, uh, but, and, you know, I, I like the new coach. Uh, I, I like Coach Napier. He, he's very purposeful. He's got, he's got a plan in place. Um, Kirk went to see him speak, and he was like, he said, he's an FSU fan. He was like, Coach, y'all, y'all gonna win a championship within three years. He said that guy is so, pl- he, he, he's got everything planned. He's so organized, and and I love that. He has a plan. It's not just going to happen. Uh, it shouldn't be, oh, I, I might get to the Father today. I might get to the Father sometime this week, Brother Tommy. No, get to the Father today. How? Make a plan. Do, do, what, do what Jesus did. Get up, go out, make a way. All right? Get up, go out, make a way. Listen, some of us don't really want to do that, it seems like. What does the Bible say about a little sleep and a little slumber? Y'all know that? Y'all know that verse, Proverbs 6, 10 through 11, a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the arms to rest, and your poverty will come like a robber, your need like a bandit. Right? Laziness is not good, is it, brother? I mean, I don't mind sleeping, ask Sally. I, I mean, I can, I can take a nap. I'll my nap in the afternoons now, okay? I'm about 20 minutes. I'm good to go, all right? 20, 30 minutes. Right? It's one of my favorite things. But wake up, get up, go out if you have to, and make a way. Amen?
Meet the Father. Psalm 5, 3, I read it this morning. In the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I plead my case to you and watch expectantly. Watch expectantly. Mark Batterson is convinced that the alarm is the most important thing when it comes to this. Set an alarm. Put it on, get it, do it on your phone. All right, get up earlier. Invest in one, whatever you have to do. And see, recall here, if you remember from last week, I alluded to it at the end of the service last week. I don't know if you remember, if you were here last week. Uh, recall that Jesus had had a very busy day. Y'all remember? He had healed people. All right? And then uh, it was Sunday, Sunday night, and it was, you know, it was night now, and so the restrictions were gone. And then it was like a hospital. Y'all remember that? Everybody was coming to Jesus. You can look ahead of that. You can see in Mark chapter 1. Everybody bringing their, bringing their uh, you know, everybody's coming to Jesus to get healed. No telling what time he went to bed that night, right? But that wasn't an excuse for him. He still got up early to pray. E.M. Bounds said, if, if God is not first in our thoughts and efforts in the morning, he will be in the last place the remainder of the day. Right? Something to think about. If Jesus did this, shouldn't we? Isaiah also prophesied about Jesus in Isaiah chapter 50, the second part of verse 4. It says, he, he awakens me each morning. He awakens my ear to listen like those being instructed. Again, awakens me to spend time with him. Tony Evans says, Jesus sought the fellowship of his heavenly Father away from the distractions of the, of the world. If the Son of God considered uninterrupted prayer such a priority, why do so many Christians consider an afterthought? Uh, and I love that quote because it makes me think, is, is prayer an afterthought for me or is it a priority for me? We make time for what's important to us, do we not? We always do. We push things to the side that's not. You can see a person's priorities and what activities they actually participate in. Again, this amen or oh me, this preaches to me first, y'all. I'm going to talk about that in a moment. See, Christ's prayer in the Mark chapter 1, verse 35 is purposeful, and next it's private, and uh, thirdly it's practice. So let's look back at verse 35. Very early in the morning, again, while it was still dark, he got up, went out, made his way, where? To a deserted place, and there he was praying. Think anybody met him there? By himself, right? Y'all get the point? It's by himself, private. See, the Greek word for deserted place is the same word for the wilderness where John preached in verse 4 and where Jesus was tempted in verse 12 in Mark chapter 1. It's the same, it's the same word, all right, deserted place. Matthew 6, verse 6 says this, and, and Sally um, uh, read it earlier for us. But when you pray, go into your private room, shut your door, and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Now, it's good to pray in groups. I mean, don't get me wrong. In prayer meetings and all that, I'm not, I'm not bashing those and all, at all. But it's also very important that we have a long time with God. Don't, don't let the only time you pray be in a group of people. Amen? I, I love, uh, this is, stay with me. Y'all, please stay with me because this is a longer quote. But, man, this is uh, just full of great stuff. Of course, you know it's Charles Spurgeon. I use him a lot. He's my go-to. He says, Woe unto that man whose devotion is observed by everybody and who never offers a secret supplication. Everybody sees him in, pray, in church praying, but he never prays by himself. Secret prayer, he says, is the secret of prayer, the soul of prayer, the seal of prayer, the strength of prayer. He goes on to say, If you do not pray alone, you do not pray at all. I care not whether you pray in the street or in the church or in the barrack room, or in the cathedral. But your heart must speak with God in secret, or you have not prayed. Strong words from a great man of God. 
Do you spend time in private, personal prayer with God? Only you know that. Only you know that. Some of us want big things in our lives. We want to do do great things. And, but it starts with personal and private prayer. And this part's not easy. You know, I, I, I'm your pastor, and I do pray. But I, but I struggle. Okay? I struggle with it. Sometimes my mind is all over the place. I don't think I'm the only one. Okay? I'm not superhuman. Okay? Uh, sometimes I try to stay awake, right? and I'm nodding off when I'm doing it. Right? But I still try to t- find uh, time. And then, I, and then I feel bad that I don't spend as much time as other people do praying. You know? and, and then that which is another sermon, I guess, for another day. But I struggle. I think about I think about this and that, and I forget what I was praying for. Oh, I was praying for Mr. Tommy, uh, you know, and I forget, right? And so, um, look, the struggle is real, as they say, right, Alex? Right, that's still an expression for the young people. The struggle is real, but at least I'm in the struggle. See, y'all ever played a sport or something in high school, and like, uh, or somewhere, and and um, like the the non players, the people not on the team, make fun of you when you're not good. All right, I've heard it. Sally, I think, I think our principal just mentioned it last week. Uh, I've heard it, and every time I've ever heard it, I told those people to be quiet. You ain't out there with them, so you be quiet. All right? You don't say anything about those people when they're fighting hard. right? Um, or, or maybe the opposite. You know, you're good, and then people jump on the bandwagon, act like they've been your, your, your fans the whole time when they haven't been. You know? See, they're not in that struggle. It, it, again, I, I may have used this expression before, but when we played the last game I ever coached at Ham, at, at, in the gym here at Hamlin County High School, uh, we beat Hawthorne uh, to go to state. But before we did, um, I, that afternoon I went out to the, to the uh, track um, out there at the, the football field, and, and I got a collection of clay and dirt from the, from the long jump pit. And I did that, all right, and put it in a little jar, and that night, before the game, one of the things I said in my pregame was, I asked him what that was. And I said, this is, this is from the pit. Because, see, we started that year for like the first week. We didn't do anything but out there running and, and jumping. Uh, and we were, we were in the long jump pit because it was kind of like a beach. You ever worked out on the beach? It's not easy. Okay? Um, and, and we were working, uh, doing exercises and, and workouts in that pit. And I said, this represents our struggle. What's my point? See, this is our struggle. Right? We were part of that. Right. See, don't don't say like Alex knows that expression. Don't say the struggle is real if you ain't the one in the closet trying to meet with God. All right? If you ain't in that prayer closet trying in the struggle, then don't say the struggle's real. See, the thing is, when it's you and God, it, it's personal and private. You're not trying to impress anybody. You just pray. Again, this is not easy. You have to be comfortable with the uncomfortable. You have to be comfortable with silence. Sometimes we, it's better off to just listen and be quiet. And boy, y'all know this guy has a hard time with that. Don't laugh at me, Alex. Okay. So the question is, is private prayer a struggle because you're in it? Or are you struggling to pray privately? Again, questions to think about. As we go, uh, the central statements again on the screen. Now let's look at the last, last one. Mark 1, verse 35 again. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he got up, went out, and made his way to a deserted place because it was purposeful. And, and then the deserted place because it was private. And there he was praying. Now, practice, uh, third one. Now, this isn't explicitly in that text, okay? It doesn't just jump off the page at you, okay? It's not in there, you know, it's not going to be one of those easy questions on the, on the reading test, right, Miss uh, Donna? It's not going to be right there. It's not a right there question. But if you know about Jesus, you know that's not the first time he prayed. You know it's not. Okay, um, 
There, there's a lot more to it. I mean by what I mean by practice is that it was a pattern. I could even use that word because it starts with the letter P, and Mr. Loris would still let me keep my Baptist preaching card. Right? So look in Luke chapter 5, verse 16, if you don't believe me. Yet he, Jesus, often withdrew to deserted places and prayed. It, they didn't record every single thing Jesus did in the Gospels, but he did say that right there. Yet Jesus often, not just every now and then, he often withdrew to deserted places and prayed. He had people after him all the time. All right? He had to pick and choose times. I had to go. A lot of times it was in the morning. See, so Jesus is about to begin his first preaching tour of Galilee. Very important. Okay? The gospel was very important to Jesus that he, that he present that to the people there. And he makes sure he prays first. Now, Simon Peter and his companions found him. Now, isn't it likely that they found him because they knew where to look? I mean, we're watching a show right now called Longmire. I recommend it. You haven't seen it. It's pretty good it's on Netflix. All right. Old, old cowboy from Wyoming, all right? But he, he's real smart about you know his detective work. But I don't think it takes a detective here to figure this out. It didn't take him long to find Jesus because he knew where he'd be. Because it was a pattern for him. By the time they knew, oh, that's Jesus. where's Jesus? Oh, he's probably out praying. He's probably out back praying. All right, we're going to go out there and get him. And sure enough, he was there. I mean, uh, it, it reminds me, y'all play hide-and-go-seek with your kids when, you, when they're growing up. It's fun. I miss those times. We don't do that anymore. But uh, when we did, at first, the girls were so easy to find, you know, and then they want to be fine. I'm right here, you know. All right. But then as it got, oh, by the way, as they got, as they got older, it became pretty hard to find them. And, and never play with Sally because she is, like, almost impossible. She, she wants to win at everything, so <laughs> she's so competitive. All right. but, but anyway, um, you know, it was easy. I knew where to find them, right? Um, Jesus prayed. David Gusick says, Jesus did not need to pray because he was weak, but because he was strong. And the source of his strength was his relationship with God his Father. Jesus knew that pressure and busyness should not drive us towards prayer, not, uh, should, excuse me, should drive us towards prayer, not from prayer. Should drive us towards prayer, not from prayer. So you're busy, right? Who's in, who in here is busy? Every hand goes up, right? Everybody here is busy, right? Everybody here is busy. Who isn't these days? Listen to a few quotes by some awesome men of God. Ronnie Floyd said, I believe God can do more in a moment than I can do in a lifetime. One of the reasons why he prays. He can do more in a moment than I can do in a lifetime. John Wesley says, I have so much to do that I spend several hours in prayer before I'm able to do it. Mm. Martin Luther, I have so much to do that I shall spend the first three hours in prayer. These aren't supermen, by the way. These are humans, okay? And, and, and every time I see stuff like, I'm, like that, I'm humbled. I'm like, oh, my goodness, man, wow. All right? the, but they're not super men, but their faith was super. Yeah. See, some will say that you can't afford to take any extra time to actually pray to God. Brother Patrick, I can't do that. I'm too busy. Right? But I submit to you that you can't afford not to pray. Amen? You can't afford not to pray. Try it. We're going to talk more about that in a few minutes. Charles Spurgeon also said, The more work we have to do with people for God, the longer we ought to be at work with God for them. If we plead with people, we cannot hope to prevail unless we first plead with God for those people. May we pray for each other. Amen. And it doesn't matter how, how good or bad things are going. Right? I mean, let's be honest. You know, uh, you have the person at work that, that um, only talks to you 
Because they know you're a Christian sometimes. The only time they come to you is because they're having a problem. And they come to you and say, what? Will you pray for me about this? You know, and that's the indication right there. Of course, we know as Christians sometimes, amen or oh me, but we admit sometimes, maybe it's just me, right, that we pray more often when things are going bad. Right? Things are going good, we put God on a back burner. I don't really need God right now because I, I can handle this. See, Jesus spent time in prayer here, and we see that he needed his time with the Heavenly Father because others didn't understand Oh, it's not the first time that we're going to see in the Gospels that the, God, that the disciples didn't understand, right, Brother Tommy? <laughs> All right. But look in verse 36 to 38. So it's not just one verse recovering. We are going to, I told you I get to it. But look in verses 36 to 38. Simon and his companions searched for him. And when they found him, they said, Everyone's looking for you. And he said to them, Let's go on to the neighboring villages so that I may preach there too. This is why I have come. And, and the verb here for search means more like they tracked him down. Which, which implies that, that this was an unwelcome intrusion, okay? That, that Jesus was praying, he got interrupted, okay? All right, that, that, that's, the, that's the implication there. A constable said this, Simon and his companions, who they were is unimportant, did not understand Jesus' need for prayer. Listen, this is a good quote. They seem to have had the common attitude that when things are favorable, we do not need God's help. Their words implied annoyance, okay? Uh, what are you doing? Because uh, apparently they, they felt Jesus was not taking advantage of his popularity to promote his mission. Like, man, things are going good. All these people you heal, man, they all coming to you, Jesus. Let's go, let's go. We got to heal more people. All right, we got to get more claim. We got to get more fame, man. We're doing all this right now. They did not realize that God directed Jesus' mission, not the responses of people, which is another one that'll preach. Does God direct our mission? I pray that he does. See, Peter seemed to view this healing ministry of Jesus as a as primary. The healing part was primary because it was it was looking good, man. And you know, all right. While Jesus viewed it as only a small part of his mission, Warren Wearsby said Jesus did not permit popular acclaim to change his priorities. He still needed to be involved in the practice of prayer. According to a 2009 study published in the European Journal of Social Psychology, it takes 18 to 254 days for a person to form a new habit. The study also concluded that, in, that on average it takes 66 days for a new behavior to become automatic. What, what's my point? Well, I have a challenge for you. Okay? Personal prayer for 30 days. I'm, we're, we're not going to do 254. I'd love for you to. All right? we're not gonna, I'm not going to do 66. In fact, I won't even say 30. Just the rest of February, I'm going to give you five or six days break. All right? Try it. Try it. Go to God and pray. Are you willing to try and make prayer a pattern, a regular practice in your life? See, is prayer a regular practice or pattern, or do circumstances dictate how often we pray? Christ's prayer in Mark 135, I think we see today, it's purposeful, it's private, and it's practice. And we should do the same. As I'm going to ask um, Alex to come up. Ronnie Floyd also said this. He says, we may not do everything right in the church, but we can get prayer right. We can get prayer right. I say amen to that. We can at least pray. Okay? And why we try to start it with prayer. Um, you know, uh, we try to start with that here in this church. Let's get this uh, right, church. Let's pray. Pray. Be purposeful. Be purposeful. Be intentional.
If you haven't done that already, I encourage you to do that. Make time for prayer. Uh, There's even apps for it, y'all. I used apps for years. I I used uh, a couple different ones. They help me stay focused. And, uh, you know, and I have family, a different family that I prayed for each day or church members that I prayed for each day. All right. Um, You know, there's so many ways that you can do that. But spend private time in prayer. All right. Where it's you. Yes, it's good corporately, but make sure you do it by yourself and make it a habit. Pray on a regular basis. Ultimately, it's very simple, right? You know, like I said many times, just because it's simple doesn't make it less true. If Jesus did it, so should we. Amen? So should we. May we as a church pray because if we do, the Bible tells us things can happen, right? Second Chronicles 7, verse 14. Y'all, some of y'all have this memorized. This is in the ESV. It says, if my people who are called by my name, amen, my people who are called by my name, humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked, wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. We need that today, don't we? May we, uh, may we be leaders in that individually right, and pray. A simple, simple uh, sermon today, right? but I hope that it, it blesses you and, and encourages you and challenges you all right, to pray.